1: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice.
0: Hey everyone, Glenn James here. Welcome to my Millennium Express. Hello if you're watching us on the Glenn James YouTube channel. I'm going to give you my take on the 2020 budget that should have been uh, handed down in May, but due to COVID, it was pushed back. And look, I think it was the most leaked budget in all of budget history. I don't think there were any major surprises. Maybe the only major surprises were the things that maybe should have been included, but weren't. So, I think overall, the budget is based on assumptions that the recession will last 10 minutes and maybe end, you know, within the year. And international travel will be starting in around mid next year. So those, I think, are the two major assumptions that the government are making. To be honest, the My Millennial Money listeners, you know, you guys, you're right in the way that you're going to get on with your life. You've got a plan. You've got somewhere that you're aiming for. You've got goals. And realistically, the budget shouldn't have a huge impact on your life because whatever budget is handed down, you're going to play to that. And it's not going to rock your world too much. So, I just want to applaud everyone in the My Millennial Money community uh, for having a plan. And if you haven't got a plan yet, you just need to have something you're aiming for and a way to get there. And you've got a financial plan, whether that's paying down debt, whether that's uh, putting money into super extra per fortnight, whether it's saving for a house, whether it's saving to start a family. If you just have one goal... That's your plan. Just go get it. And the budget shouldn't really impact you that much. But let's just have a look, I guess, at what I think are some of the winners and losers. But, of course, the Australian public, uh, we all like paying less tax. And the interesting thing about this budget, the tax cuts are actually retrospective. So, usually with a budget, they will say, we're going to decrease tax from next financial year. Now, what they're doing is they're adjusting the tax rates and they're going to backdate it to the 1st of July of this year. So, that basically means as soon as this budget gets passed and it receives royal assent, which basically means it's approved by the Senate and the Queen has stamped it, I don't think she stamps that much anymore, uh, and it's put into law, there will be an adjustment probably the week after in your pace slip. So you will have an instant feeling. You might also get a little bit bad from tax because you would have paid too much from 1st of July till now. But let's just have a look at some spot figures. Over the full financial year, if you're earning $40,000, there'll be $1,060 in tax savings. Uh, I'll skip up to 80K, uh, $2,160. If you're earning 100K, it's about $2,400. If you're earning 140K, it's about $2,500. And the list goes on. Basically, the maximum you can save is $2,565. So, if you were earning 200K, that's how much you would save. So, they're the instant wins for people that are paying tax. The other instant wins are for those who aren't earning an income, who are on Centrelink or you're on family tax benefit or a pension or whatever that is, you'll get an extra 250 bucks probably just after Christmas and you'll get another $250 early next year. What else have we got here? I think the absolute winners are the concrete factories. There was billions and billions and billions. It's like Trump when he did that thing on YouTube. You've got to look it up. Trump saying billions... Billions and billions and billions and billions of money put toward infrastructure. So, the rationale behind that is buy a bloody concrete factory, buy bloody concrete shares. You know, there's a lot going on and they want to stimulate jobs. And the weird thing is, you know, why can't they do this crap normally? Because it's so political that we have to have the budget, you know, in order to make us look good but there's a crisis. Now we're going to really invest in the infrastructure of the nation. So I think it's great that there's going to be billions of dollars spent on infrastructure. In fact, $14 billion in new and accelerated infrastructure projects, $2 billion in road safety upgrades, $2 billion for water dams, weirs, pipelines, $2 billion Uh, in there for loans for farmers. So, they're kind of the big billion things. The interesting thing is I thought was a bit of a win was the ban on basically our rubbish that gets exported overseas. So, it's our rubbish and we've got to recycle that now uh, in Australia. So, there's $250 million in recycling infrastructure. But yeah, the, the wholesale stuff for the budget is infrastructure, getting people out there working, building and getting this little island connected with more concrete roads and rail and pipelines. The other interesting thing that I thought was an interesting thing, small businesses and businesses in general can now basically buy an asset of any value and instantly write that off. So I think they said about 95% or 99% of businesses can buy an asset and instantly write that off. Now, what that means is, if you had an $80,000 piece of equipment, you couldn't put that in your profit and loss statement as an expense and basically claim it on tax. You'd have to claim the depreciation. So, depreciation is basically, if that $80,000 worth of equipment in the next year is only worth $70,000, that depreciation of $10,000 is the expense that you would claim, okay? But what they're saying is any equipment, any value, you can buy in your business and instantly claim that on tax. So, that's one big thing for businesses. Backdating losses. So, if you have a loss this financial year or next financial year, you can actually take that loss and offset it against gains in the previous couple of years. Uh, So, the other thing for apprentices, uh, the government want to get young people out there earning. So, basically... If you're a younger person, the government will put up to $200 a week in the employer's pocket, and that's called the Job Maker Program, and that tapers down to $100. There's a bit of a wind for focusing on the gender pay gap. The government's throwing $240 million uh, for women in work, uh, which it's kind of, you know, this and the environment stuff. There's $233 million put towards national parks, $67 million uh, in ocean health. So, when we look at that and the $250 million of recycling infrastructure stuff and the $250 million of uh, women in work, it's pretty much not even a billion dollars. So, with the environment stuff and the women stuff, compared to the, you know, $14 billion of infrastructure spending and, you know, throwing a billion dollars of job training stuff, the environment and the women... It's basically pretty token, I think. Uh, but hey, that's they—they they really want to grease the cogs of the economy with jobs. Interestingly enough, the childcare industry got nothing, which I thought's a little bit of a cop out. Given that you want to put all these people back to work, well, we've got to look after the bloody kids. So, can we help? that site. And the childcare industry was one of the first to peel off the JobKeeper. So, that was uh, very interesting as well. What else have we got? In total, there'll be a trillion dollars worth of government debt, which is very, very savage. So, I guess the losers of childcare, the environment, uh, they've, they've tweaked some numbers with the refugee intake to probably just move some money around. So, if you're an immigrant or refugee, you're Probably considered a loser in this budget, and the money thrown towards the gender pay gap isn't a huge amount. And the final couple of things that I think are of some benefit is the government have added another 10,000 spots to the first home loan deposit scheme, which means you can save up 5% of a deposit, get in on the scheme and the government will guarantee the remaining 15% of the deposit. Now, interestingly enough, it's only for new properties. So, if you're living in the middle of a capital city, it's probably not much use. But if you're living, you know, within an hour of a capital city or an hour and a half, that could be really uh, beneficial to you. And then the other thing as well, super, this one's wild. So, there wasn't much on super. Freidenberg basically had to dig up an announcement in the Royal Commission with stapling uh, a super fund to each person, which I think is such an amazing thing. So basically, you would staple one of your super funds to your uh, tax file number, which means if you change jobs, the super fund just follows you and the employer can't just open you a new super fund when you get a new job. Uh, so I think that was the main announcement where the stapling was in the Royal Commission. They want to do a website called Your Super, which is a one-stop shop that you can compare your super funds, which it's just so wild, and I can't see how it's practically going to work. And I'll give you an example. They're probably going to just use the APRA heat maps, and the APRA heat maps basically say what are the top performing funds, and just because one fund was a top performer, that could have a balanced fund of 80%. The one that it outperformed might have a balanced fund of 70% worth of growth. So, yes, we know that a higher allocation to growth will probably perform higher. So, I don't know how they're going to work that one out. And also, they're going to punish super funds. Uh, If you've got a couple of years of bad performance, you'll basically be blacklisted and get thrown out. So, that's a game changer for super. I don't know how they're going to do that because what if you had your own pre-mixed options within your super fund... And it was an outperforming pool of options that you've chosen. But the super fund got shut down because their default options sucked. Does that mean you've got to now move your super? So, again, we haven't seen a lot of detail on this. Uh, So, watch this space in terms of super. But again, I just want to really push home that the budget should not have a huge impact on your life unless you let it. I don't want you to be of the mindset that... The government has to solve all my problems. You've got your own plan. You've got your own goals. You've got your own budget. You've got your own money management system. You've got your own income. You've got to go out there and run that to the best that you can do, whatever the budget said. Okay? What if there was a different government in power? What if there was a different budget? It should not fundamentally change what you're waking up to this morning. So... Thanks so much for listening. And just kudos to the My Millennial Money community. We've just recently done our survey. 70% of you do not have consumer debt. So not having any consumer debt already puts you ahead of most of the population. So thank you so much for listening. And if you want to jump over, John and I will have a bit more of an in-depth chat on the My Millennial Money about the, uh, the budget. So thank you so much. I'll see you guys soon. Bye.